Welcome everybody to the Dude Ranch. My name's Mike and I'm joined as always by my two dudes, Pat and Jim. What's going on, guys? What's up, man? What's up, dude? We've got a top-notch lineup for you. We'll be talking NBA Finals, Game 7, uh, the crazy weekend at the U.S. Open, uh, Ron Jaworski starting a football league in China, a little bit of NBA draft and more, so let's get into it. All right, so game seven, Cleveland wins in in Oakland. LeBron has the greatest performance of all time in the finals. I'm going to read a stat for you that just blows my mind, and here it goes. First player in NBA history in any series of any length, regardless of round, to lead outright or tie for the lead among all players from both teams and in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks for the entire series. That right there is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I mean, I looked at it. He was one rebound short a game of averaging a triple-double throughout the entire finals, which is just incredible. I mean, they were talking about how he did it in Game 7, just throws up a triple-double, but he almost did that every single game. Yeah, and the craziest thing is he didn't make any jump shots really in Game 7. I think he hit two jump shots. The rest were dunks and layups, which yeah. to score that many points just doing that, like that, that's that's next level. He just took over the game. Like The second half, every single thing went through him. LeBron either touched the ball, he either got the rebound, brought it up, he, he just had the ball, everything went through him, and it just showed – how good of a player he is. It was absolutely dominant. Yeah, he. I mean, he was pretty much the life of the Cavs throughout the series. I mean, when they needed something, whether it was a defensive block or a rebound or even a, a three-pointer, I mean, he he delivered and it kept the uh, spirits of Cleveland up the whole time, even when they were down 3-1. I mean, he willed them back into the series and ultimately got them the, the championship. And I mean, he really he really uh, cemented his legacy here with this, uh, this series win. Do you, do you think that he, you said his legacy? So does that now put him number two? Does it really make the argument tough for number one? What What do you think, Mike? I mean, you're the, the basketball guy. I definitely think this is an incredible storyline, and I would certainly put him in the top five of all time. I mean, if you look at his stats, he is among the greatest already and he still probably got five to six more good years i mean jordan at this time had the same amount or maybe even one less championship than lebron so it he could possibly win two three four more championships depending on what team you know if he stays in cleveland or how they build they keep building this team but i'm just I'm super excited for the future but i think already he's in top five talk and if he wins another championship I'd argue he's the best player of all time because he he's Scottie Pippen molded into Michael Jordan. And that's just, that's, they were two like of the greatest players of their generation and Scottie doesn't get enough credit, but molding those two together, it's, I, I feel like he has to be one if he wins another one. So, so Mike, I want to, uh, I want you to take stat. You mentioned, look at, look at their stats and all, but I want, I want you to kind of take stats out of this and think about this. 
just if, if you were to be able to build around one player, would where would LeBron be out of all the all the players who have played? Where would he rank? Take the stats out of it, take the championships out of it. Where would he be? And to me, he's one or two. He's one or two. That's, Make a I mean, decision. That's, call it. You got to call it. Make a decision. One I'm, or two. I'm putting him one. I'm putting him one because literally any team he's gone to, he's brought to the, the NBA Finals. And, I mean, he he they, he's had a good supporting cast with him each of the times. But nonetheless, he brings teams to finals. I mean, he does it himself. He can run the team. The team, like, last year he made the series without the, the two, you know, without Kyrie or Kevin Love. He actually made a competitive series by himself. I mean, he can do it by himself, and that's the thing. That's why I would, I'd, I'd pick him as a, as a player to build my team around. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's one of the most versatile players of all time. I mean, he has the dribbling and passing skills of Magic Johnson. He can score at will. He rebounds like Dennis Rodman. It's He's just like an ultimate utility player, but it's not fair to jump eras because I think if Michael Jordan had the modern you know, training that they have nowadays and kind of lifting regimens and things we now know, who knows what he could have been. And Michael only really played for the Bulls. I mean, he did have that stint with the Wizards, but LeBron, like you said, has brought multiple teams to the NBA Finals. And yeah, he didn't win them all, but like Six I straight. said before, yeah, like I said before, if you put him on any team in the NBA, they're m- more than likely going to be making the playoffs and a contender. He's going to be back next year. I mean, who's going to be who's going to beat the Cavs in the East? They, oh yeah. They I mean, the only thing would be if Kevin Durant joins another team in the East. Like if he joins a team in the East, maybe that team contends. But I don't really see like it. Maybe went to the Bulls or something. I think you he's know, going they got out Jimmy... to the Lakers, right? They're they're calling him in. I saw. I think I saw today that he's going out to L.A. Yeah, he's a lot of teams. Well, the thing is, Golden State's going to be pursuing him too because you know they were saying like he fits the mold. Blah blah. blah all this. I don't think that's a great move because you have two. You know, two players in Clay and Steph who just all they want to do is shoot. And Kevin Durant's the same way. So you have three guys trying to share shots. It I don't feel like that works because KD's not a huge you know defensive player. I mean he's not terrible, but I think where they lack is their role players. Whereas Cleveland knew in those last few games it was the Kyrie scoring show, it was the LeBron scoring show, and Love had a little sprinkle. Tristan Thompson knew his role. He was supposed to bang around the paint, grab rebounds, play defense. I think the Warriors will have too many like guys that want to be the scorer and not enough guys that want to lock down on defense like Andre Iguodala does. Yeah, Mike, I'd have to agree with you on that. I mean, let's be serious. The Warriors were the better team in this series. I mean, they had they had better players. They had a better they, – they just had better competition throughout the playoffs. They, they were the better team. They should have won this series, and they didn't. So, therefore, I don't think they should really change their team up that that much next year. I mean, I think they might be able, like you say, add some add some role players – but I don't think they should add any superstars because that would really just ruin the chemistry that they have going for them right now. So I think they should just kind of stay the way they are and add a couple of role players, and uh, and I think they'll be right where they where they were this past year. Exactly. Uh, I want I want to bring us back to uh, the insane block at the end of the game by LeBron, and I can't remember a defensive play that got me that excited after it happened. I saw that block and I immediately thought LeBron is not losing this series. I don't care what happens. He is not losing. Steph could send it to overtime. LeBron's not losing. And 
I just want your take on how the block was for you guys. It was one of the most unbelievable plays I've ever seen. Like that, you're going to see that forever. That was, you know, that's going to be one of the greatest plays of basketball. Every time you see a highlight, he almost hit his face on the backboard. Oh, yeah. And he just pinned that ball, almost hits his face. And what was there, like a minute and a half left, two minutes? Yeah. It was inside of three minutes, I believe. Yeah, I think. And it, and at that point, it was basically like the next basket could be the winner. Right, yeah. And I think it was tied at that point. I think it was 89-89. And Kyrie threw up a bad shot. And then they went on the fast break. And LeBron went, I remember watching it. He went from the opposite corner all the way down to chase <laughs> down Iguodala's layup. And it was just amazing. Yeah, it was a typical LeBron chase down block. That was vintage LeBron right there. Yeah, that was vintage. Like a, yeah, vintage. Like when he was younger, that's all he used to do. I mean, he would just run around and just get everybody's you know layups. But I think that brings me to my next point is in the last like three or four minutes for the Cavs, you saw each of the big three have huge impactful plays. I mean, LeBron with the block. Then Kyrie hits that huge three on Steph Curry. And then you get Steph Curry's like, hey, I need I'm Steph Curry, I'm the MVP. I need to do this for, you know, the Warriors. And Kevin Love, of all people, locks down Steph Curry. Like that was the best big man D on Steph Curry I've seen all year. Probably even last year, too. And it was like that just cemented that the big three, you know, they were just huge in this 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 uh game seven. Jim, that was Kevin Love came right at your neck on that play. He was like, "Oh, this dude on the dude ranch called me an old grandpa. I'm gonna show that motherfucker." And he did, dude. He fucking shoved it in your face. You were out in Cleveland with your Kevin Love's trash signs, like giving him all this shit, and he showed you. Hey man, yeah. hey man. <laughs> what was the scene like in Cleveland that night, Jim? When they won, was it wild? Oh, it was. It was incredible, man. I. I don't even remember it. I mean, it was. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Yeah, that was, it was just. I, I can't even talk about it because I just don't remember a thing from it. But it was incredible. Oh wow! It sounds it sounds awesome. Yeah, man. it was a great time, man. It was, it was so, mo- <laughs> moving away from LeBron, just being awesome. Who who actually killed the Warriors? So there's three three people, and I'm gonna go in order. One. The dick wrecker, after she licked her lips at mm. Steph, mm. it went he, all downhill. He, she just lived in his brain. He was probably thinking about that nonstop, looking at all her Instagrams, How finding could you her, not? How could you licking not? his lips at his phone. Mm. Two, Aisha Curry just being the salt queen. So much salt. <laughs> just throwing the bad juju at the Warriors. Just ramen noodle salt. Or three... Did LeBron actually steal Draymond's powers with the dick punch? I don't think it can be disproved. <laughs> I'm bringing it back because it hasn't been disproved. You're right. I think I think those are three very much, very possible things that could have happened, actually, Pat. I think you got a very good case on all of those. <laughs> I need you to pick one. I'd, uh, I'd actually like to add one more before we get to picking. It, Mike. I want to throw out a, a hot stat for you. The Warriors are 0 and 3 after the drop of the Cur- the Curry Lows 2. So let that, you know, marinate for a little bit. 0 and 3 after the Grandpa shoes came out. Mm. Did that did that weigh on, you know, did the social media get to him? You know, Aisha Curry's blowing up. 
Who knows? I would wear those shoes, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, would yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw Seth wearing them, his brother, and they look fresh when he like pimped them out. You know, didn't wear them like an old grandpa. You know, loosen the laces, maybe a little tongue out. I don't They're know, man. Uh, nice. the, the Scott Bregman wears those type of shoes, man. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go near those, man. Oh, <laughs> Jim, what if Kevin Love wore them? Would you just die? Yeah, I would implode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to go. I'm sticking with Space Jam because LeBron's getting ready for his role in Space Jam 2. So Yeah, I think that's a confirmed movie now after he brought the I mean, the storyline's too great not to have him in Space Jam. And after he stole the power. So yeah. that's where I'm at. See, Jim. I I'm going to have to I'm going to I'm going to have to go with the one and two. I want to go with the Lick Lipper and the Aisha, Aisha the Dick Salt. Dick Wrecker. It's the Dick Wrecker. Dick Wrecker, yeah, Lick Dick Lipper, Wrecker. you know, whatever. But And the Aisha Salt because the way I see it, the one, it was called cause and effect where the Lick Lipper, Dick Wrecker, caused <laughs> Aisha to be salty. And together you had Steph at night, you know, he's like sleeping with Aisha. But in his mind, he's like thinking of the Dick Wrecker. And Aisha's being all salty, and then you know, like, how can you play basketball with all of that on your mind? So, yeah. here, I, Aisha, put this mask on real quick before we have sex. Yeah, I printed here, this just... out on my printer. <laughs> I cut out, I cut out eyes and a mouth. <laughs> um, so, I think this brings us to the last point um, that I think we need to get across is that I think this win proved that LeBron is a better father than Steph Curry. <laughs> and I'm and I'm gonna give you three reasons. I've been you know thinking about this. You win game seven. You win you win game game seven, down three one on Father's Day. I mean that's point one right there. That's just plus one for your fatherhood. Yeah, it's your father uh, if you do that. Two, um, you didn't see LeBron's wife going all crazy on on uh, Twitter or Instagram or anything. You know why? Because Father LeBron kept his. He kept his house in order. He, he knows how down. to lay down the hammer, you know? And that's what good fathers do. They lay down the hammer. Um, and three, the uh, it's a simple it's a simple uh, quantity thing. Everybody knows that people uh, fathers with more kids, they're just better fathers. It's, it's simple, you know? That's a default thing. I believe, so, it's, I believe it has to do with more testosterone, Mike. Yeah, they I just have more father juice. That's what it is. What about, do you think he was teaching his kids how to count? too probably like hey kids i want you to count how many games daddy plays in these playoffs so the more games that he played the higher he taught them to count oh yeah that's ultimate father figure right there i don't know if you saw him at the press conference either they were real well behaved riley curry no she's all over the place running around yelling at mics that's true giving people the eyes i mean that where's your father at you know oh he's on the podium not teaching his kids you know that household must have no discipline because Steph's just out shooting threes all the time. Aisha's watching the kids, which is why she's all salty. You know, tweet just so much salt. Yeah, that that whole household's just you know it's out of order, and I she think that that comes down to Steph being a, a poor father. I I think you hit the nail on the head there. I I have no rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, so let's get into the U.S. Open. Little crazy weekend. Uh, it was kind of blown up on the internet. Pat, walk us through what happened at the U.S. Open. All right. So DJ is winning. He's up after two days. Kind of crashes on day three. Shane Lowry goes ahead. Going to day four. DJ, you know, last year he 
blew it on the last few holes. He missed <laughs> those putts and lost to Spieth. So he comes out firing, and Lowry's struggling. So on hole five, DJ goes to putt. The ball moves, talks to the official. It was kind of weird. He, they, it was really quick. Like He called the official over. They spoke for maybe 10, 15 seconds, and then the next thing you know, he like went back and putted. So I guess the ball had moved. They ended up zooming in on it. Um, and then around hole 12, when he was going to hole 12, the USGA officials came up to him and were like, hey, we might give you a penalty for that, but we're not sure. We're going to look at it at the end of the round. So that's kind of that hit the internet that that had happened, and all of the golfers were chirping the USGA like Rory, Ricky, Spieth. They were all talking so much shit to the USGA. I even read this article that um, DJ's partner that day, Lee Westwood, was just like talking shit in person to the <laughs> to the officials. But after that, DJ just went on a tear and ended up winning by four. Um, they did assess a penalty, so I guess he won by three, which was kind of bullshit that they still gave it to him. Because if you looked at it, he didn't even ground his putter and the ball moved. And, like, all week they were talking about how fast those greens were. So it was obviously due to, like, gravity and the slope, and they still gave it to him, which is bullshit. But it was just the fact that they didn't call the penalty there. They didn't call the penalty any time. They were like, oh, and this is done. We might give it to you. Right, which begs the question, why isn't there, like, an instant, you know – why isn't there instant replay? Why isn't there like an instant ruling? Why is it playing on the golfer's mind? I think that's just outdated kind of rules. Yeah, I mean, they were going to like rule in the USGA rulebook too is if a referee's there and calls it, like that's the final call. So it should have been called at the time that it happened, but they didn't call it. So I don't see how they like had the audacity to go back and be like, Oh, actually we might, but we haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. Right. How can you, how can you just let that linger? Like what if it came to like the 18th hole and yeah. they were just like, eh, you know what? Let's, uh, we're going to give you that penalty stroke. Sorry. Yeah, and like I mean, it, it's, and then, and then everyone's going to say they're talking about the NBA, NBA being rigged. Uh, I think the U.S. Open's rigged at that point, if that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious. I'm glad that it didn't come into effect, but, like, what if he was up a stroke or tied? Did they give him the penalty then? Right, yeah. I mean, that, that was, that's a tough – that's that's why I think it should be, you know, either make the call there or it should be – you know, like, why don't they have something in place? I mean, it's 2016. There should be some kind of rule that's in place – to handle this. This should have been assessed before, you know. Yeah, they're under fire. I'm sure they'll kind of figure it out. But, I mean, other than that, the tournament was awesome. It being on Fox literally all day long was just so sweet. Um, it was good Good to see DJ, you know, finally win a major, especially the U.S. Open after what happened last year. And to anyone who listened to my DraftKings advice, you're welcome again. Free money train keeps rolling, but let's get to the real highlight. And that was after he won mm. the like two minute camera view of Paulina's ass. Mm. <laughs> and that's uh, Paulina mm. Gretzky for our viewers that want to do a little bit of Googling research. Mm. You know, we should get oh. that up on the uh, Twitter feed like, for anybody who hasn't seen it. I love the fact that she wore that dress. Like, what was she thinking? She knew her husband was in contention. And still wears this see-through white skin-tight short dress, 
And then the cameraman just gave us a gift of just watching her walk. It was incredible. She knew what the people wanted. That's that's what it was. She was giving the people what they wanted. Yeah, she's a little minx. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that brings us to a little question I want to ask you guys. What are your top three athlete wives? Jim? Jim. All right, I'll take the floor on this. So uh, a couple of mine are your obvious picks. I mean, I, you kind of have to go with them. It's it's it wouldn't be right if you didn't. So I'm gonna start off with just my obvious, um, Victoria Beckham, David Beckham's okay. wife. If for those of you who what was who, she sporty yeah. or spice? Hmm. Oh. Mm. Posh, right? Posh spice. Posh. Yeah, that sounds. I right. thought she was posh. Yeah. Uh, you can get a verification on that, but yes, Victoria Beckham. She is a smoke, and she's married to David Beckham. Posh Spice. Posh Just Spice. ask the roommate. All right, we got a verification on that. It is Posh Spice. But, yeah, no, she is a smoke, man. I mean, let's be serious. She's, she, she's, she's really hot. So, yeah, she's my easy – she's an easy pick. Now, a curveball here. Lauren Tannehill. Oh, oh. great mm. call. Lauren Tannehill. I like it. Ryan, Spice. Ryan Tannehill's wife. Um, now, for those of you who may or may not have seen her, she was she's featured. A in, yeah, she was. She's a babe. She was featured in the 2012 Hard Knocks when they did on the, on uh, on Miami, and that's kind of when she made it big. But yeah, no, she is a she's a quite a smoke, and she's a sleeper. And then finally, I have to yeah, round out. Yeah, I bet she is a sleeper. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> round out my three with Eva Longoria, who is Ooh. married to Tony Parker. We're in the MILF status now. Yeah, and that's that that kind of gives her bonus points there. And I mean, I, 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 I mean, I uh, fell in love with her back when she was in uh, what was it, Desperate Housewives. Oh, not, yeah. not that I watched that. She but, is a Desperate Housewife. Yeah, you know. But uh, my, my mom loved that show, and I, I just happened oh, to be come there. Come on, man! And, you can't uh, bring your mom into this. <laughs> my mom, my mom, great show, and and I happened Gotta to tuck my boner away. Watch it, <laughs> Jesus! All right, Christ. so, so uh, keep, solid top three there, Jim. Keep the mothers and the hair out of it, Pat. <laughs> But so, yes, that's that's my top three there, and I think they're all uh, killers. So, Pat, your top three? Well, I'm really glad Jim didn't steal this. The obvious number one is Mike Fisher of the Nashville Predators, who's married to Carrie Underwood. Whoa, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Mm. Uh, well, Pat, that's, that's money right there. Yeah. Thinking that, of Thursday night football now, Pat. It's Sunday night football. Sunday... <laughs> God damn Keeping it, you on Jim. your toes. Damn it. Yeah, that. <laughs> Just legs for days. Yeah. Um, number two, I'm going to go with Andy Roddick, who's Ooh. married to Brooklyn Decker. Good pick. I'm Good with pick. you on that, Pat. He just like stalked the shit out of her too until she yeah. went on a date with him. Do you remember that? He just hey, like sometimes followed that's her around. That's a good pick though, Pat. That was in my honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Pers- <laughs> the, the best <laughs> the best qualities availability, I guess, or something like that. And then number three, if we want to go curveballs, I'm going to go with Hank Basket, who's oh. married to Kendra Wilkinson. Yes, ah. the Playboy Bunny. But then he started banging trannies. <laughs> hooker, hooker trannies, <laughs> and she found out. So I don't know if they've patched that up. That started like doing that, some blow. And- <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little rocky road. I remember seeing it. I'm pretty sure like he blew them too, which, Whoa. you know, that takes a lot of, a lot of patchwork to yeah, repair that's a lot that of relationship. 
So I'm going to give you my top three. Pat, we do share one in Andy Roddick's wife, Brooklyn Decker. Mm. Top notch right there. Um, Those are some milk bags. (laughs) I'm going to go two. Tom Brady's wife, Giselle. Yep. There you go, Mike. That's, That's, you know what I mean? I I think, I think she's earned a spot. Um, And on my sleeper pick at number three, Sam Ponder, Christian Ponder's wife from a little ESPN sidelines, a little sleeper there. Um, Yeah. Those are, those are some, there's some smokes. Do you remember the sign from College Game Day that said, <laughs> Sam Ponder, please crap on me? <laughs> I do, Pat. I, I do remember that. Oh, yeah. Top-notch I sign. Mean, I bet it was nice. I wonder if she she called him after. <laughs> hey. Set that up. The, are you the poop kid? <laughs> I want in got, on it. Are you the guy with the sign? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to... Uh, Fulfill your request. Bring your sign. I'll poop on it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were Christian and you're like watching it and you're just like, Jesus Christ, people want my wife, wife to, to shit on to them. Shit on <laughs> Is that, would you take that like as an insult or as a compliment? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess a compliment? I don't I know. I mean, if they they took enough time to make a sign, I feel, you know. They made a sign for me. That's yeah. There's it was, some, that, that's kind of a compliment, right? Yeah, I agree, Mike. If it was a quality sign and they put time into it, then yeah, it's yeah. If, she, if they got stuff printed at like a Staples instead of you know using markers and crayons, I mean, yes. that takes a lot of thought and a lot of planning. You know. Speaking of signs, when I do signs for sports, I like to go to Kinkos because their fast service and cheap prices help me print my signs quick and easy. <laughs> Next time you go to make it, go to a sporting event or even a garage sale, think about going to Kinko's. Um, quick honorable mention that I just thought of is not a wife, but Casey McDonald, who's dating Eric Hosmer of the Royals, is she's just a fucking ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. <laughs> That's fast. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so it's fast. It's a great it's a segue, ball. Mike. Um, fastball. <laughs> So, uh, Ron Jaworski, uh, there's talks of him starting a football league in China, which kind of made me think, you know, if you were able to either start a league or redo a league, uh, what league would you redo or start? And, uh, what kind of changes would you make? Pat? I am taking out the no steroids in baseball. Love it. Because the steroid era of baseball was the greatest thing ever. (laughs) Ignorance like, is bliss is what I always say. Yeah, that's what they did. They just turned an eye for like 20 years and dudes were hitting 70 bombs a year and everyone was throwing like 98 to 100. And it was just incredible. It did make baseball better. And the thing is, too, is once you cook the books, you can't uncook them. You know, no one's going to beat those records unless they're juicing. You know, the, and, everything's off. All the playing field's not level anymore. So like. How awesome would it be if Mike Stanton was on more steroids? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we need. He would just yeah. He would he would have worn that fastball to the face and just kept batting. And like if if Chapman could take steroids, he'd be throwing like one fifteen. 
That's what we need. And then a quick adjustment is I'm making the home run derby with metal bats. Just don't let anyone on the field or in the stands give these guys metal bats and make the money ball like those pink solid rubber balls oh. and let dudes blast it like 800 feet. <laughs> what uh what stadium would you have it at? Um Let's put it in San Fran so dudes can oh, just blast in the them into the bay. Yeah. I, like <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I think that would be great. Have put guys a ton out of there boats, boats out there and oh. and let the balls just take out boats like cannonballs. The fans would eat that up. I support that, Pat. That was a great uh, proposal there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Jim, what are your thoughts here? All right. Well, Pat, I do have to agree with that. I, I'm personally uh, not the biggest fan of baseball. Some may know that. But – I got to agree that that would really spice things up a little bit, like a hot habanero pepper. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong, Jim. You're not wrong. So, moving on. I got a really simple one. But um, I I would have to just – I would just change the NFL rules back probably about 15 years. Um, And the main – really the main rule was just the celebrations. I personally loved the celebrations after uh, players had scored touchdowns. Right. You know, whether it was Chad Johnson or Ter- Terrell Owens, um, one in particular, you know, with the Terrell Owens and Emmett Smith Smith beef at the with the Cowboys star, you know, like little things like that. But uh, I really like that aspect of the game. I think it was a uh, creative and uh, I like to see, you know, when people score touchdowns. I think they should be able to celebrate it. Um, so that's one thing. And then I think a lot of the other rules they've added um, with a lot of the hits, because obviously football, you want to watch the big hits. And they've really taken away from that. I know they're trying to uh, make it safer with concussions and all, but I mean it's football. It's, it's 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 a dangerous sport, and I mean, let's be serious. It's what the people want. They want those collisions and whatnot. So I think they're putting a little too many rules in the game. Um, so I just like it if they you know rewind it a little bit back yeah. a couple of years. Let's just forget about concussions and head injuries, yeah. all that. What stuff. Is, what and even he- is CTE? Nobody yeah. even knows. Scientists are lying to everybody. We yeah. need these guys bashing their brains into mush. Just That's flying what I'm into each other. You get, Make, you know, how many millions of dollars a year, you better be bashing into another dude's, you know, brain. That's the way it should be. Just head-on-head collisions, yeah. Take Definitely. out late hits, too. Let, let late hits <laughs> just fly. Let, yeah, let them fly. And you know what? Let's add a hockey roll. Let's let them fight it out a little bit here and there. <laughs> you got to take the helmet off, though. Settle. Yeah, helmets off. Yeah. Brawls. So... <laughs> For me, I think I'm going to change the NBA. I'm not loving this three-point stuff. I do like it a little bit, but I think we should, you know, move the three-point line back a little bit. Uh, Maybe make the court a slight slight bit bigger. You know, make the driving lanes crazy, because I want to see some more, like, just throw-down dunks. I don't think we're getting enough of them anymore. People are shooting too many threes. I also want to see brawls again. I watched, like, games from the 90s, and people are just brawling you know guys are throwing bows in people's face Shaq punched a dude in the head we need and Ron Artest cool. back that's like, what I mean I want Ron I, yeah I don't want meta world peace who wants that nobody signed up for that no I, I want like fucking rip charging face, the stands ripper I want, killer I want it to be manly I don't want flopping I don't you know I, I don't want these baby touch fouls I want people to brawl I want to see these big dudes they're you know they're all like the smallest dudes are like six four you know, they go up to seven feet, and these guys are big dudes. They should be able to brawl. I like that. Let them um, no, it blood, out. no blood, no foul. That's what I'm saying. I, th- I think we should get <laughs> back to that, and it would just be a more exciting, you know, 
more excitingly. You Throw know? in a four-point shot from behind half, too. Exact. That's what I'm saying, you know? Um, so I guess this segues us into the NBA draft. Uh, the Sixers formally announced that they are going to be selecting Ben Simmons uh, first overall. So that kind of leads to Brandon Ingram being selected by the Lakers. There's also rumors that the Sixers are possibly going to move on from Jalil Okafor. Uh, Celtics are worthy, you know, candidates. They have some a couple picks in the first round. The Sixers also have two more picks. So are we happy with the Ben Simmons picks? Or, you know, would you rather had Ingram, Jim? I think that um, I think that overall it's a good pick. I think that you kind of have to go with it, and if you didn't, people would be wondering. I mean, you could it would be I don't know how to say it, but everyone would essentially think you're a bunch of idiots if you don't pick him. I mean, he's like the outright guy that everyone's been talking about all year. He's got you know the, the stats, um, and I mean, I think ultimately it's just it's just the right pick. I think they have to go with it. So. Yeah, right. he's a beast. He's a great pick. He's not injury prone like your dumbass NBA expert analysis thinks. <laughs> and he's going to be a beast, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially when they get KD and Meta World and Ron Artest. Exactly. So, uh, Ben Simmons, if you're listening, the Dude Ranch welcomes you to Philadelphia, and we're looking forward to the future. So, maybe, maybe we can interview him like next week. Oh, absolutely! I'll get uh, I'll get our people on it, and we'll uh, get yeah. in contact with Ben Simmons. So. I think that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to our our final segment. We do it every week. It's dude of the week. Jim and Pat they pick a dude. Uh, they build a case around it, uh, and then I'm the judge. So, Pat, start us off. Who is your dude of the week? My dude of the week is one Dustin Johnson. He, like I said, bounced back from coming in second last year. All the talk that he couldn't couldn't win. He comes up big, wins a cool 1.8, and everyone saw Paulina's sweet, sweet ass. And I'm sure it was covered in blow and all kinds of stuff <laughs> that he just buried his face in all night. I bet he still hasn't slept. Like, I bet he's still just eating her ass. What color panties you think she was wearing, Pat? None. No panties. Mm, true. She definitely does not wear panties. Like I said, that chick is a minx. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. So, I got to uh, tuck it away. Yeah, tuck it away, Pat. Yeah, all right. Uh, Jim, you're due to the week. <laughs> all right. Jesus. I'm all hot and bothered now. <laughs> tuck all it right. away, man. So so I got to go with my, my due to the week. I have to go with Sam Hinky. Re- obvious yeah. reasons for that. Um, but, I mean – we, you know, we gave him a lot of shit. We lost for three years, but it's it's finally coming full circle. I mean, we're getting Ben Simmons. He's supposed to be the next big thing. And, I mean, because of that, I, I got to give it up to Sam Hinkie. I mean, his plan is kind of working now. So, I mean, he's not here anymore to enjoy it. But in the end of the day, I mean, he, he put this together to get the next big guy we somehow it worked out, and we're getting Ben Simmons, who's the next dude. And uh, yeah, for that, I got I got to throw it up to Sam Hankin. He's got to be my dude of the week. All right, so two solid dudes of the week. Um, I have reasonings for my pick, and hear me out here. I'm going with DJ yes, and Paulina. Jim. Fuck you. Fuck now you. my reasoning is 
Sam Hinkie got fired, so he is no longer with the Sixers. That's one. <laughs> Two, you picked a basketball due to the week, and you didn't go LeBron. That kind of hurts my feelings. And uh, plus three for Paulina. So, I mean, really can't compete there. Pat, uh, nice job. And DJ, you are our dude of the week. We're going to send him a shirt, and that's one on the board for your boy, your so, dude. Current score now is Jim has two dudes of the week and Pat has one. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for the show this week. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Dude Ranch Pod. Tweet us. Tweet us any wives that we missed. We'll retweet the best. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a positive review if you liked what you heard. Um, so until next week, my dudes. Oh, you got a friend